are now listening to Shy Sox Weekly, hosted by Tony Marchese and John Suarez. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into episode 27 of Shy Sox Weekly. I am John Suarez, joined with my co-hosts, Tony Marchese and Johnny Nani. How are you guys doing today? What's up, John? How are you? I'm great. Johnny? I'm good. 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 good to be on Shy Sox Weekly. Everybody's doing good. Guys, it, uh, it's been since uh, a little bit before Christmas since we last spoke. Um, how was your guys' holiday? fucking fantastic um it's always a good time when you uh get to spend quality time with people that you may not get to see often or just family in general so i actually talked about it a little bit on the last shy Sox weekly but uh debuted in the kitchen this christmas How'd for that my very go? first christmas dinner it actually was pretty good um the only thing that i would say that i kind of struggled with was i do not have anything that resembles a potato masher so i used a ladle for a little bit um that didn't work too well so i used a wooden spoon with about the diameter of a fucking uh dollar coin not a very big wooden spoon probably the smallest wooden spoon you'll ever see so the mashed potatoes were a little bit uh chunky if you may but other than that the ham was fucking delicious and uh, it was great. It was nice. I received the best possible news of all time this holiday season. Um, I found out that my mom is in remission for her cancer. She is no longer. Uh, she no longer has cancer. So that was probably the best gift of all I could have received. So I don't know about you guys, but I had a great time since we last spoke. Yeah, Absolutely that's... awesome news, John. Awesome news. Yeah, but I, great I, to hear it. I want to I want to dig back into the cooking thing here for just just a brief second. Um, Nani, what, let's let's grade him on the twenty eighty scale. How about like you know usefulness of resources in the kitchen? Twenty out of eighty. I'm, what, what's your what's your grade? Um, well, for you're talking about resourcefulness. Yeah, there. resourcefulness. I, mean, just I would say eighty. Yeah. Put you, yeah, I'd say yeah. I would, I would say you're like I would put you at like sixty. Yeah, I was going to go I was going to go 60. I mean, there there's probably a few other things that he could have found. And he if he was you know, if he was an 80 grade, he probably would have went to the store to get that tool, but 60 is a good fair fair choice right there. On on Christmas if, if you're going with what you have there, I probably would have like combined using that spoon to kind of like push things down, but then also using some sort of metal instrument to kind of break up the chunks, you know what I'm saying? Like this, you do this like minute that. of Shy Sox Weekly is just this is the power minute of Shy the Sox. Power Weekly. minute. This is this is what people come to listen for is how to fucking mash potatoes, baby. So, you know, John, if if we're shopping for you for next Christmas, is like you know a potato masher on your list? Are you going to be doing? Well, are you going to do this next year? That's the real question. Hundred percent. Um, I'm actually going to go even harder next year. Um, so definitely going to do it again. I actually like just cooked the other day. I, we were talking about this last uh, episode, so fuck it. Uh, this week, uh, Donda's dish of the week was I made homemade beef and broccoli with homemade chow mein and it was fucking delicious, dude. I swear you guys need to try it. The I'll funny, the the funny part is I, I can attest that it was delicious. I wasn't there, but, uh, I believe we were in a you know PS4 party at the time, and your girlfriend did a test did a test that the uh, the chow mein was delicious. So um, we're gonna be bringing you Janda's dish of the week. 
Uh, that's going to be a new thing. Uh, John, you better uh, you know up the cooking skills so we can keep this rolling. I'm pretty sure Tony on food would love to critique it at one point in time. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I saw Tony on food had quite the holiday season as well. Tony on food had a very great holiday season. Um, let's hear let's hear about your holiday season, Tony. I was going to pass it over to Nani for a minute. Let's hear about your holiday season, yeah. Nani. <laughs> no, it was it was great. Um you know, got to see family and friends. Um, but the biggest thing was I told you guys when we were doing our live stream, our last episode before Christmas, uh, my sister had just had um, her baby. So I went down, got to meet the nephew um, in St. Louis. That was right before Christmas. Um, so that was great. Everything's good there. He's healthy. Uh, he's happy. My sister's happy. Her husband's happy. Um, they're all doing well. So uh, it was great to meet him. And then, like I said, uh, hung out with a bunch of family and friends on both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So um, I also got a White Sox like daily calendar. So I may just be bringing up like random like facts and stuff that you know are White Sox history related uh, on our episode. So uh, yeah, look forward to that. But other than that, great holidays, Tony. Um, we saw that you also had a uh, pretty solid Christmas. Um, uh, when we're talking in the White Sox scope here, tell tell the listeners what happened. Yeah, well, first off, congratulations to uh, Uncle Johnny over there. Um, I don't Thank know. You. I don't know if the one away can say that they're the drunk uncles of White Sox Twitter now. I'm pretty sure you are the actual <laughs> drunk uncle of White Sox Twitter. Um, yes, I did have quite the White Sox Christmas. Um, my son and we talked about this a little bit on the last episode in the uh, not on the live stream, but when we re-recorded back on uh, I think it was Christmas Eve, John. Uh, yeah, we did that little segment. You and I did the brief. Uh... Yeah, we did a brief little segment. So uh, the day before that, we did uh, Christmas over at Tony on Food's house, and uh, my brother and I think it was my parents, my brother, or whatever. Uh, somebody, I'm going to give the credit to my brother, got my son a Tim Anderson jersey. And Tim Anderson is my son's, like, all-time favorite player. Um, like, the first first love baseball player, that's Tim Anderson. I heard a crack him over there. I'm going to crack one myself. Um, so when my son opened this, and I knew it was coming, I got the phone out because I'm, you know, I'm that kind of dad that needs to take the pictures. Uh, shout out to the Google Pixel because the, that phone's awesome, takes awesome photos, and it does that thing where like if you snap the photo wrong, you can actually go back in time a little bit and get the right reaction. It was the first time I ever used that shot, and I got the ultimate picture of my son just super excited opening the Tim Anderson jersey, and I think I sent it to you guys first. Um, and it was what just, was my it, response? I remember, I remember Nani's response that was like, "That makes my heart happy." Um, my exact response was, "Send that sh- or post that shit on Twitter or Twitter." I bet you, what the fuck? That's a tongue twister. Say Twitter and Tim Anderson in the same yeah. sentence. Well, I said, "Post that shit on Twitter." I bet you, Tim Anderson shows it some love. And sure enough, this fucking guy. Oh yeah, so Tim Anderson. Not only did he retweet that, um, he also put it on his Instagram story. So my son was all over Tim Anderson's social media accounts uh, on Christmas uh, and, like, the day after or something. So that was it was super cool. And now, now here's me trying to explain to my son what how cool it is that Tim Anderson has my son, like, you know, my son's photo on his phone and that it probably made Tim Anderson happy, right? So 
Um, you know, so that's that was really cool for me as 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 a dad to see you know my son get that kind of recognition for for being a fan and stuff like that. I think that's almost cooler than you know like an autograph or something. You know, just in in the grand scheme of things, like Tim Anderson, you know, took the five minutes or whatever out of his life to go repost that and it's that's my kid so uh proud dad moment right there uh that's a pretty good white Sox christmas if you ask me so i'm i'm thrilled shout out timmy uh cool move right there um i hope my son gets to like you know get that autograph from him again i I know he went to the the orland square mall earlier in the in the uh month of december and got the autograph there but i think it would be cool if i could get like that photo signed uh, oh, yeah, like yeah. a screenshot of the yeah. of the uh, the Instagram post, uh, and then I'd frame it for him. I think that'd be a really cool thing. So uh, that's what yeah, I'm gonna be Tony, working for. I I got the screen grab, so I'll upload it to the Shy Socks Weekly Drive. You definitely need to print that out for him, so then he can appreciate it when he like really understands what that. Yeah, means, this you know? guy doesn't have Instagram, I don't think. So I like sent him the screenshot of Tim Anderson's story. I was like, "Yo, he he put your kid on his Instagram," and he was like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah, no, I got it from you. I got it from I got it from Nani. I got it from a few other people who were like, "Hey, dude, like Tim Anderson just put your son up on the Instagram story." And I'm not an Instagram guy at all, so I didn't even know what an Instagram story was at that point in time. So here's me going to like Tim Anderson's like Instagram account. I'm like, he's not fucking there. And uh, you know that's like the the front page or whatever. I'm not I'm not an Instagram guy, so um, <laughs> it' pretty cool none, nonetheless. Um, so let's move on to some announcements. Uh, John, uh, the first announcement that we want to make is uh, in relation to our website. Uh, so I'll let you I'll let you start that one. Okay, so we are expanding our team over here at Shy Sox Weekly. Uh, we've been recruiting pretty hard, um, but. We got a couple of uh, people that we're going to have putting out some blogs for us here. Um, a couple of which are actually one of them already has. Uh, we got Andrew Kinsler, who is a buddy of Johnny's. So we'll let Johnny give a bit of background on him in a second. And then uh, we got Andrew Zimmer. So we got two Andrews. Andrew Zimmer is a buddy of mine. Uh, and then you locked up DJ. AT. I don't know what his actual name is, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> but you locked him up, and uh, that actually just happened yesterday. That's why it's so fresh. Yep. So I've only really known him from Twitter. So, um, yeah, you guys are here. Johnny, you start and give a little bit of background about uh, Andrew. Yeah, so my buddy Andrew Kinsler, I'm really happy to be welcoming, welcoming him to the Shy Sox Weekly team. Um him and I are really good family friends. We go way back. Our uh, grandparents live next door to each other uh, in Juliet, so we've known each other for a long time. Um, he is in grad school right now, or in his fifth year of his master's at Indiana, um, but he is from Glen Ellen, so he and I make it to plenty of Sox games per year. Uh, we also have a tradition where we go to spring training uh, every March. So, um, he, I mean, he's the most diehard White Sox fan that I always bounce ideas off of and whatever. So one of the biggest things that I was excited for was that those can final, those thoughts that we just are, our text messages, uh, in the past, they can now be turned into blogs and he did post his first one today. So go check it out. If you want a preview of what a potential two, 2019 White Sox lineup could look like. Um, with all the recent acquisitions, plus uh, Manny Machado in there, so yeah, I really yes. like I really like what he's put together so far. 
Yeah, I did. I read the uh, blog. It was very well put together. Um, sneak peek, Timmy Anderson at second base. Yeah, that's one thing that I want to get into, too, because he and I had exchanged some messages uh, about that situation, too. And yep. uh, we, see, we see that lineup playing out almost exactly the same way. So Andrew Zimmer is a buddy of mine. He's actually a neighborhood buddy. Uh, we grew up together. He's a few years younger than me, actually. Um, but we went to the same high school. We've known each other for quite some time. We actually work together now. So uh, he's been a diehard White Sox fan. I w- like That's all we talk about at work is the fucking White Sox. So uh, the water cooler talk is just going to turn into some blocks. What do you say? But, um, yeah, he goes to school at NIU, actually, to give a bit of background on him. So he uh, went to White Sox opening day last year in Kansas City. Uh, he does travel uh, every so often to go see White Sox games at various parks. So maybe give us a bit of away coverage, which we haven't really had before, um, which would be nice. Um, but other than that, uh, he hasn't really put out a blog yet, so I don't really have a taste of what he can do. He actually told me that he's waiting on a new laptop to come in the mail, so he'll probably put one out sometime this week or some shit like that. So we'll see what he can do. And then a little bit of background on DJ Tone. Yeah, DJ has his own Tumblr blog uh, that he's been doing for a little bit of time. I saw that he posted an interview with uh, with uh, one of the White Sox relievers, Ryan Burr, uh, earlier uh, this offseason, that's what kind of caught my attention. Uh, so I reached out to him. Um, he's been on Twitter. We've interacted with him uh, through various different uh, tweets that were out there. Uh, I've noticed that he gets a little bit of love from some of the guys in the 108 as well. Uh, he seems like a good fit for the crew. Uh, slid into those DMs for a little bit, talked to him White Sox baseball, and uh, thought he'd be a good addition to, uh, to Shy Sox Weekly. Um, so I'm really excited to have his uh, blog talent as well. And then more importantly, uh, not only that, he's a wiffle ball champion. And if there's one thing that we need around here uh, is we need to slaughter those guys over at Sox on 35th uh, when we do take them on in wiffle ball. I thought that uh, he'd be the perfect fit to uh, to slot right into the uh, middle of our order, John, right behind you probably, and uh, and we can kick some ass. Oh, Yeah. Um, some random, like, information that probably isn't even necessary to say. We were kind of talking between all the guys today, and, uh, I forgot what brought it up, but we found out that DJ and Andrew, Johnny's buddy, grew up in the same neighborhood and literally went to, like, all the same fucking schools, but just a couple years apart, and they didn't even know each other, and they just met today, which I thought was fucking cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Small world. Small world. White, White Sox Twitter brings people together. Yeah, and exactly. that's what that's exactly what this is all about. So uh that was that was pretty cool. That was a cool interaction. Um but uh now, John, we've got one more announcement. All right, everybody, that, that is going to bring us to our final announcement, and this announcement is the biggest one of them all. Like they say, save the best for last, am I right? The announcement itself to help make it, we have Clinton Cole from Future Sox. Um, you guys want to maybe tell him why we have Clinton to help make this big announcement? Yeah, sure. Well, Clinton today uh, was just made editor-in-chief over at Future Sox. Uh, the best coverage for minor league White Sox baseball that you can find on the internet. Uh, we're very happy to have Clinton on. Clinton, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, it is good to be back. I think the last 
I don't know, maybe the last time I was on was, geez, I mean, it's been... It's probably been since the draft. Yeah, almost. Uh, Did we do one after the draft? Yeah, I think we did, because we talked about Madrigal, so... We did, and the office. Yeah, was that maybe around before 4th of July even? I don't know. Anyways, it's been a long time. I'm glad to to be back with you guys, and uh, we're going to have a fun season. Yes, we are. And you're actually back in Chicago, too, isn't that correct? Yeah, I uh, moved. Uh, I'm here in the city. Um, I moved here the end of October, and uh, and honestly, I don't know what you guys think, but so far, so far, the uh, the weather's been has been tolerable, I suppose. Yeah, knock on wood there. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like four degrees tomorrow. So let's, yeah, I know that'll I, be fun. I don't know if you've got the wind up by you, but down here it's uh, it's Fucking been howling for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, almost blew away on the way on the walk home from the train. It's it's getting it's getting cold and windy, that's for sure. So Clint is a reoccurring guest of Shy Sox Weekly, as we kind of just alluded to. For some of you that might not know, um, what is this your third, maybe fourth time on Shy Sox Weekly, Clint? At least the third. Yeah, I think it is the third. We obviously like each other a lot. We like talking White Sox baseball, and um, we're gonna be having Clinton on quite a bit um tony you kind of want to tell him what we're going to be doing here with clint during this season on shy Sox weekly sure well i'm actually going to actually pass that right on over to clinton himself uh clinton let's let the listeners know what we have in store yeah sure um i'll do this announcement and say a, a couple things so uh each week uh, whenever you guys want to start um i'm going to uh, join you guys for a, a quick segment uh, kind of do a miners recap, um, and then you know we'll 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 talk miners a little while. I'm sure we'll talk other things too, but we'll have a uh, designated segment each week, or as often as you guys want, for a, a minor league update. And that's all going to be brought to us by Future Sox. Yeah. Um, as, so as you said, um, as you know, today I took over as, as editor in chief of, of Future Sox, Matt Cassidy, who's done, you know, you guys as you guys know, just an amazing job the last few years um, running the site. Um, has you know passed the the baton, the baton to me, so to speak, um, and you know he's he's obviously helping me on, on on some things, and he is he's a great person to learn from, and I've got some uh, some big ideas for this year, and um, you know I've got a good staff as well. There's you know several writers that are that do a great job, and they're going to help out as well. So it's definitely going to be a team effort. Matt did a great job, and um you know I'm just happy to uh, to be able to have this this opportunity and. Yeah, it'll be the uh, minor league update or whatever we want to call it, brought to you by Future Sox, and you know I, I think it'll be a good little partnership. Absolutely, and we're we're no experts in minors at all, um, and that's been a hot topic over the course of the rebuild. So we're very excited to have some of the expertise of Future Sox to kind of join forces with us on Shy Sox Weekly and give give people the best information that they can possibly get on the White Sox minor league system, and I think that's something that all the listeners should be excited for. I think calling it the motherfucking Miners Minute, even though it's going to be <laughs> way longer than a minute, would definitely play, but I don't know how that would play on future socks. So we're going to see how that's going to work out. We also Whatever. need to have uh, some some uh, pizza reviews each week from, from Clinton. 100%. That's what we're expecting. All right. I have some bad news right now for you guys, though. Um, as of yesterday, I have started the keto diet. No. All right. First, oh, of all, no. first of all, 
Oh, we lost him. I feel, I feel awful. And I just, it's just a miserable life choice. And I already regret it. Oh, uh, but anyways, so that means no bread. But, but we can arrange some sort of thing where I like have a, a cheat day or something. And we will do, we will do pizza reviews, frozen, not frozen, whatever, don't care. I think that would be fun. Live from Clinton Cole's apartment. Yeah, we're here to ruin your diet. That's for sure. <laughs> we're such bad influences. That's going to be a great partnership. Couple times a month, I'll survive. <laughs> well, Clint, we're looking forward to that 100%. Uh, Clint, did you have anything that you wanted to uh, to let anybody else know before you uh, take off for the day? Um, you know, we're just, like I said, you know, Matt did a great job with Future Socks and um, – you know, he made a posting last January, and you know, I was in North Carolina. I was like, "Oh, you know, that'd be cool to, cool to do that." I've always been a big fan of, you know, obviously the system and the prospects, and and you know, what better opportunity? And as you guys know, it, it turned out great. Met met a lot of people last year, um, and now this year is going to be great. And I'm thrilled to, you know, have something with you guys, and uh, I think it'll be beneficial. Yes, sir. Absolutely, Clinton. Well, we love having you on. We're excited to talk to you more. Uh, you got you have a good night. All right, man. We'll see you guys later. All right, Clint. Thanks again. We'll see you soon. Yep. See you guys. All right. Thank you again, Clinton. Like we said, that is going to be a weekly thing where we do a minor segment that is brought to you by Future Sox. So look out for that. Uh, that might be the most exciting look out for that I've said yet on Shy Sox Weekly Tone. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, they're, um, they're a pretty big name. So I'm happy to have an official partnership with them and we'll see how far uh how far that can extend and into other opportunities in the future to uh to cross brand promote and um we've had clinton on he was one of our first guests so um good to good to see him uh you know continue on and take on a larger role at future stocks yep so to kind of branch off of that um the white Sox finally decided to make some noise post new year's uh we knew they eventually would have to do something they signed kelvin herrera to a two-year 18 million dollar deal with a third year option that would make the deal uh 27 million in total um we're gonna talk a little bit about that we are also going to talk about how the white Sox then the next day um at halftime of the college football national championship because rick Hahn never stops uh, they signed John Jay, formerly of many teams, notably the Cubs, notably the Royals last year until he got shipped off to Arizona. So we got a couple different uh, acquisitions that we have made. So let's kind of dip into that, boys. Yeah, let's get on Herrera first here. Um, it was the first first acquisition that we made of the new year. Um, guys, I really like the signing. Um as long as this guy can stay healthy, we've got a legitimate fucking bullpen now. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, obviously, we have Alex Colome that we got and we talked about pretty extensively, especially on how to pronounce his last name last episode. So we just got two um, pretty solid back end of the bullpen guys in Colome and Herrera. Um There are injury concerns with the bullpen and how it looks right now and how it's going to look throughout the 2019 season you know major question can nate jones stay healthy 
Um, will he even play, really? <laughs> I don't even know what his um, rehab process is looking, right, look, ugh, looking like right now. Um, Calvin Herrera um, had an injury last year. Uh, I actually don't know exactly what the injury was, but I know that he did finish the year with the Nationals, and he didn't pitch too much from what I recall. So I don't know if you guys know what his injury was. Yeah, so he had a torn list Frank ligament in his left foot. Um, that caused him to miss the end of the season with the Nationals last year. Um, that happened around the end of August, around the 27th, I believe, uh, is when that was reported. So uh, his season was cut short there. But um, if you look at his body of work overall from um, his days in Kansas City um, and before that, uh I mean, I, I think it's a, overall, it's a fine signing for the White Sox. Uh, like you guys had said, shoring up that back end of the bullpen. Right-handed arms means we're relying less. You're minimizing the usage of some of those guys that are kind of, I wouldn't say fringe guys, but they're also kind of wild cards if you're looking at a Juan Mania type. Um, that, I, that's why I'm excited to have some like proven guys in the back end there, and you're at least shoring up something that was a glaring hole last year. So uh, that's why I like the Kelvin Herrera signing. I do like the Kelvin Herrera signing. One thing that I do want to point out, though, is that the Yankees, like two days prior, signed Zach Britton for three years, I believe, $29 million, which if Herrera ends up picking up that option, um, that's going to be about the same contract. And you have to ask yourself, would three years of Zach Britton be worth a little bit more than three years of Kelvin Herrera, especially if, say, three years from now, those injury concerns turn into he's not even pitching for the Sox anymore and Britton is still doing his thing for the Yankees. I don't know if the Sox even made a move for Britton. I don't know if they could have gotten Britton. Honestly, if the Sox go and get Adam out of Vino, I won't even give a shit about it, but I feel like that's something that we should kind of track moving forward like and look back on a couple years from now and think, like, did Rick Hahn fleece this fucker or did Rick Hahn kind of fuck up by not really going after Britton there? Because I never once saw the Sox mentioned with Britton at all. So I'm not too familiar with Britain's background, but he's played most of his career on the East Coast, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Baltimore and New Baltimore York. And I mean, York. He, he almost fucking won the, he almost won the Cy Young. He had a ridiculous year two years ago. Yeah, but he he's also had some injury concerns, too, I'm pretty sure. Um, didn't he go down for a little while as, he, as the Baltimore closer? Yeah but, he, yeah, but he finished the year. He was on the postseason roster for the Yankees. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, I just I don't think I don't think he was ever really on their radar, to be honest. Um, and and you bring up a, a big name in in Adovino, and I don't think anybody's gonna give a shit if uh, if the Sox end up with Adovino because that he's got he's nasty the fucking stuff. man, dude. He's got I don't nasty know. stuff. And like the fact that he can do it in Colorado, like I need to see what he can do when not having to pitch in that park all the yeah, time. Yeah, right. I, I I just think that. Uh, I think that would be such a good signing for the White Sox. I mean, that bullpen would honestly be the best White Sox bullpen that we've seen in such a long time, and we won't we won't have to worry about you know if one of these guys go down, you know who else is going to step up because I think there's enough talent in the back end. And you know, we when we talked to Sebi too, you know he he brought up guys like Hamilton Burr. I mean, you've got Birdie coming, you've got 
Carson Fulmer potentially coming. We've got, you know, if, if he reworks his stuff and, and, you know, gets back to hashtag make Fulmer filthy again. I don't know if you guys saw that, the uh, the highlight clips that they had of him back in college. I mean, just think that there's so much talent in that bullpen, uh, you know, in, in the minors and everything too that we don't really, you know, focus too much time on. But, you know, some of these guys can pitch. And I'm not even talking about some like the Thiago Vieras of the world who, you know, also can bring the heat and have, you know, end-of-the-game potential that we could tap into. There's there's a lot of shit that we can do here, and I really like that. What I don't like is Bruce Levine, and uh, I forget who the other one was that I put in that blog who suggests that we trade these guys. Uh, it at was the trade Jeff Passan. No, I think it was Jim Bowden. Oh, oh yeah, it was. Yeah. So we'll see what we'll see what happens there, but I don't think I don't think either of these guys are going anywhere. Yeah, no, I mean they're definitely here to stay. I don't understand. I mean, in your blog that you had put out about it was fucking perfect. Um, it had a lot of great feedback, and obviously, and I honestly, I think had the most feedback of any of the blogs that we've put out since we branched into our own independent site. So congrats for that. But. We still need help with the bullpen, not only the bullpen, with starting pitching to be able to not be in a position to trade people away at the trade deadline. So, like, I see what they're saying, but the deals themselves don't. I mean, like, the way that Colome is controlled and the deal with Herrera doesn't scream tradable. It doesn't scream uh, like they're going to get traded, especially coming this July. That screams. They're here to stay, and we're going to figure out how to make it work with them. Um, the Sox had a top 10 MLB for like the first half of the year in 2016, and they were in first place for the greater part of that season. And then once the bullpen started to take a shit, the team started to take a shit. It's very important to have a good bullpen. We all know this as baseball guys, as White Sox guys. So they still, I feel like, I don't know if Colome is going to end up being the closer. I know that he's going to get the look to start as the closer, but I feel like they're still lacking a closer to compete right now. Um, and I feel like they're still lacking like a solid long-term reliever to kind of complement like a Jace Fry or basically anybody else. I mean, Ian Hamilton, like you guys had said, he's probably going to be pretty solid this year. And he could maybe even get looked at for the closer position. So I feel like the bullpen is just kind of a bunch of, like, setup guys. I don't know if you guys are getting that vibe either, but they don't really have, like, a solidified closer. And I guess they don't really need one right now. And they don't really have, like, what looks like a guy you can go to in the sixth inning to keep a game tight, like, at the moment to me. I don't know. Johnny, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so what you just said there, uh, John, I think, you know, with the legitimate closer, if you're talking about, like, competitive teams, sure, um, there's probably not that uh, arm that's there right now. You'd like to think of Colome more of, like, a setup guy. Eighth-inning um, guy. Yeah, that would probably Him be. Him and Herrera, in my opinion, are both eighth-inning guys, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what they do. So then you were talking about a guy that could come in and, like, lock it down from, like, the sixth, seventh. That's where I would probably Like a Joe Kelly. That's, that's probably like where that. I would slot uh, Kelvin Herrera right now, uh, to be honest with you, because I don't trust Wamanai as far as I can throw him. Uh, and, and like Tony had said, he kind of put his name as... with Tiago Viara. Like, I don't want him anywhere near the bullpen either. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, um, so overall, I mean, right now, uh, Calme is going to be the closer. That's There's no doubt about it in my mind. Um, for the position that we're in right now, um, I think that's fine, too. Um, I don't think anyone really expects us to be, like, you know, trying to, like, win this division this year. Obviously, it'd be great if, like, that happened and the team just clicked, like they kind of did at the beginning of 2015. Was that what you were saying, John? But, was it 15? Or 16, was it? No, it was 15. You're no, right. I think it was 15, yeah. So, yeah. but you, you just mentioned earlier, so that's why I was just bringing that up. So, like I said, the expectations aren't as high um, as something like that. So, I think it's fine for the situation that we're in, but Tony's blog summed it up all very well. Uh, we can't be trading these guys away. Uh, they need to be part of it. You know, the last years when we acquired those guys like Soria and whoever for the bullpen, we kind of expected that, um, all right, well, yeah, if they have good, you know, first half, then they could potentially bring us something decent in return. Whereas we got to be past that point right now. And um, yeah, there's problems if we don't. So um, that's what I'm looking for. Just steady, consistent performance out of them uh, coming up this season. Uh, Kyle may probably in the closer role to start. Um, I would guess he keeps it for the most uh, part of the year. I really don't see anyone else better unless a Zach Birdie comes up and he is just like on fire and he's fully healthy and there's no issues. Uh, no uh, setbacks for him. So that's, that's the only situation I could see Kyle may not be in the closer. I guess the only red flag I had for Kyle may, and sorry, Tony, I'll let you talk in a sec, but the only like issue that I really saw with it was he hasn't closed since he played for Tampa. He really didn't close when he was with Seattle. So I don't know. I don't I think mean, that was, I don't think that was his own fault though. Yeah. Was a better closer they, there. Yeah. Obviously they have Diaz. So, but still, is he like is there going to be like a little curve of like oh shit i haven't done this for a few years it's going to take a little bit to kind of get back in that groove of locking ball games down because i feel like he's kind of a setup guy now i feel like that's just me i mean i think one of the yeah i think one of the things that he really likes about the fact that he got traded here was that it gives him that opportunity to get back into the closer role and you know that he he's shined in that closer role for a while, except for the times that he's been on my fantasy baseball team and decided to <laughs> shit the bed. But uh, you know, I mean, I think he's he's got the he's got the experience, um, he's got the stuff, and uh, as long as he can keep it together, I think he's probably the healthiest out of all those options that we have. But you, you also forget that uh, the Sox really haven't had a bona fide closer since uh, Robertson. So if they if they choose, especially this year, like like you kind of mentioned, John, um, if they don't have that closer, they can kind of go by committee um, and see what see what sticks for a while. Um, and I'm sure that they're going to give you know some options to uh, uh, to close to guys like Hamilton or or a birdie uh, if he comes back. Uh, and, and makes it up to the majors this year. I, I can see them g- giving these guys some uh, chances to do the to do the job. Uh, they did with Jace Fry last year. Um, he handled it yeah. good for a little while. Uh, but I mean, even look at the uh, 05 team. I mean, there were three closers on that team before the end of the year. You don't have to have a bona fide closer. Um, it's nice to have, but I don't think that that's something that they absolutely have to have going into this year when you have. Uh, Calame that can that can get you through that at least that first part of the year uh, and give that guy the chance. That's that's just my take on it. No, I I respect that. Honestly, you could argue that with Miller leaving um, Cleveland, 
and Detroit really not having anybody and Minnesota not really having anybody that even as it stands right now that the Sox have arguably the best bullpen in the AL Central, but I still feel like with the dog shit offense that we're going to feel as of if, it, if the season started today, that that wouldn't be enough. And obviously the starting, these guys are going to be getting overworked with the starting pitchers that we have, so they're still missing a lot. And, I mean, if you go and get Adam Adovino, that is going to help that a lot. Um, if they want to start competing now, if you go get Machado, who's to say they don't go make an offer for, like, I wouldn't say Keuchel, but I don't know what starting pitching is left on the market, but they might make an offer for a starter because if you want to win ball games right now, you're not going to put Dylan Covey on your opening day roster. Holy shit. Yeah, so yeah, holy, like we, we go and, we go and we go and talk about you know how decent the bullpen is now, and let's just remember some of the the shit that we have in the starting rotation. <laughs> like that there's other issues. There's that other issues that need to be fed about our starting rotation. Yeah, we should we should be more mad about that starting rotation right now. I mean, I think I've asked you guys this before. Like, who wants to watch another twenty five starts of Dylan Kobe baseball? Mm-mm. We spent about 25 minutes last episode about it. No, not even. But yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there, 25 there, minutes too long. Yeah, we need we need to fix that too. Um, yeah, that that needs to be figured out. But uh, let's move on to uh, to John Jay. And okay, um, let's speaking talk- of John Jay, uh, we're only going to call we're only going to call him John to Jay. That's the only thing I'm going to call him. But uh, I have to go to the bathroom. I don't know. All right. So Johnny and I will talk about John Jay. Johnny and I will talk about John Jay here for a minute while you go to the bathroom. Um, And then when I come back, I'll talk about John and Jay. All right. Um, Two different people for the listeners. Um, John Jay, one year, $4 million. Um, John prepared some some interesting stats on on Mr. J. Uh, he had the highest ground ball rate in MLB last year at sixteen point five percent. He's got a projected WAR of point three, which was actually higher than any outfielder last year on the White Sox, which is pretty fucking surprising if you ask me. I don't know, Johnny. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised because, like, when you look at the outfield last year, who else would you have guessed that would have been better? The only one that I could have would be Avi Garcia, but that would have been given a healthy uh, season, whereas he was ex- out for extended periods of time uh, a couple of times. So um, I'm, I'm not shocked with that second stat that John had thrown in there about the uh, war there. Um, John Jay, um, I mean, I know we're probably going to get into it a lot more towards the end, but I love the pickup for the, uh, Machado connection that him and Yonder Alonso and Manny Machado, um, they're all Miami guys. They're all working out together in the off season. Um, Hey, when you're an organization like the White Sox, uh, you gotta do what you can to, um, get yourself in a position to sign a big name free agent and, you know, it's not the most attractive destination as it stands, you know, when you look at, like, just a, say an outside source, no affiliation at all. When you look at it, say, oh, this team hasn't made the playoffs since 2008. Uh, what do they really have going for them right now? It's hard to completely buy into a lot of the prospects. Um, I would say that this is, you know, sure, it might be a sweetener piece, 
But uh, when you look at those numbers that John brought up, it's also going to help in the outfield because John Jay is also solid defensively. So well, I mean, you can't, he... you can't, you can't, you can't go ahead and sorry, I'll let you get to it, Tony. But you can't go ahead and justify uh, Adam Engel. Sure, the amazing plays, the robberies are probably more in his favor, but you can't go ahead and justify it. You know, um, all of Adam Engel's at bats um, if you have a John Jay as an alternative. Well, the guy gets on base too. And that's the other thing that, uh, you know, the, the OBP is pretty pretty up there for, for a White Sox outfielder that we've seen uh, in a while. And um, I don't know if they're going to bat him leadoff, but uh, he's more of a, a leadoff guy that we haven't had around here in a while. Um, so I'd like to see where they, they actually do end up sticking him in the lineup, but I think that'll be a, a, a welcome addition. Uh, the second thing I like about the signing, really, is the fact that it probably means that we're not going to bring back Avi Garcia. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, what was it? Uh, the the Shy Sports Nation White Sox page had uh, had brought up that they re- they they had a source that said that if the Sox miss on Bryce Harper, they're going to bring back Avi Garcia. And uh, I'm Who just the happy. Fuck is their source? Yeah, I don't know. They they put a link there. Um, that really didn't lead anywhere. But anyway, um, I'm just happy that that, that option seems to be pretty much off the table at this point in time, because the outfield is crowded already. Um, but John, uh, Johnny, you brought it up, you know, you like it for the fact that, uh, it, it kind of postures the Manny Machado deal. And I think that's the perfect segue. We'll let, we'll let John talk about John to Jay when he gets back. But, um, my thing here is, you know, there's a one year, $4 million dollar deal that's not really anything that uh, anybody's gonna lose any sleep over if uh if he doesn't perform and then you've got yonder alonzo uh another manny machado entourage member and you know this is something that i think for for manny if you're trying to get sold on coming to the white Sox, and you look at that 2019 roster and you say why would I want to come here? You know, if you remove John Jay and you remove Yonder Alonso, why does Manny Machado want to come here? You're selling him on the future of the ball club. You know, you're going to give the guy an, an eight to ten year deal. Yes, he wants to play in a on a competitive team and go get that ring. Um, you're trying to sell him and say, you know, it's going to be two, three, maybe four years. We'll get that ring for you. Nobody can predict what's going to happen ten years down the road. But when you stack it up against a team like the Yankees that Manny Machado wants to play for, and they're going to be competitive this year, uh, I, th- I think that this is the perfect opportunity for the White Sox to say, hey, look, that one year that we're not going to be competitive, that one year that we don't have Michael Kopech, that one year that things are still trying to come together, you get to play with the two guys that you want to play with, that you work out with, that you're comfortable with. We'll get you through that first year. And let you have fun. We'll let you, you know, hang out with with your boys. And then when it's time to compete, you transition yourself into that leadership, that star role uh, for this ball club. And the rest of our, our pieces all come together. I think that's what Rick Hahn's trying to do with this. I don't think that it's so much that, uh, you know, it's the end-all be-all of whether or not he signs here. But it certainly makes year one on the White Sox 2019 more attractive to Manny than, say, uh, this is the Yankees who come in and say, yeah, we're going to be competing this year. You're our finishing piece. I think it's a lot harder to sell somebody to make that jump and adding these two guys 
uh, makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, so I've been back. Um, as I came back from my bathroom break, I said like two words, and then I picked a scab on my ankle, and I started gushing blood. So that's been fun to kind of clean up here the last two minutes. But let me kind of get back here. Um, John Jay alone is probably really only going to play play corner outfield tony's fucking dead right now john jay alone's really probably only gonna play like corner outfield uh based off what i saw last year i don't really think he is a replacement for adam angle uh from what a lot of people are kind of alluding to i don't really think he's gonna replace adam angle's reps in center field uh if anything it's just gonna eat away from the corner outfielders such as like palka uh Leary garcia nikki delmonico I think they're kind of slowly weeding Nicky Delmonico out to the point where we might not even see him on the opening day lineup. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. but I don't think, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Yeah, no, it's not a bad thing at all. Um, there's definitely still moves to be made, and them going and getting Herrera and John Jay and Tony dying about my scab on my foot. No, I'm actually over the I'm, last couple of days. I'm laughing oh. at the way Johnny just like nonchalantly was like. No, that's not a bad thing at all. Knowing in Johnny's mind, he just wants to see Lurie Garcia, Garcia stick on that roster. And the way he's like, yeah, no, uh, it's not bad that Nicky Delmonico is not going to be in there because he knows that his favorite player, it's going to come down to him and Delmonico in spring training to figure out who fills out that roster spot. And so Johnny's going to give all the press that he can to not have Delmonico in that outfield getting those reps from his boy. Tilson's good is gone with Jay getting signed. So um, that's already one of the outfielders that we don't have to worry about. Um, One thing that I do think John Jay is going to help out with a lot. All right, finally done with the scab. Do I need to put you on the DL? No, we're good. It's finally done bleeding. Uh, One thing that I do think that John Jay is going to help out a lot with is kind of like a clubhouse leadership guy that has World Series experience. I don't know if anybody else on our roster right now besides him and Herrera have a World Series ring. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Was Yonder Alonso ever on a World Series team? I don't think so because he came from like the Padres and the Athletics and shit. Uh, I think you're right there. Yeah, Calame, right. probably not. So like that. Sorry, it took me so long to fucking get there. Uh, that is something that I think is pretty huge and kind of showed that Rick Hahn wants leadership and like guys that have done this at that level. It may have been a while ago. I don't think. I think Jay played in like the 2011 World Series with the fucking Cardinals because he was on the Cardinals for forever. And then uh, Herrera obviously was the closer when the Royals had their little run. So you have that kind of experience that is lacking in the clubhouse that if we were to get into the playoffs, I mean, I hate to use the Bears as example, but they just went into the playoffs with a team that severely lacked playoff experience and they lost to a team that was an underdog. You don't want that. So you need to go and start acquiring, like, I hate that we always bring this up, but how the Cubs did with John Lester. I'm not saying these guys are our John Lester, but 
you need to go and start acquiring these guys that have played in the playoffs before and have the experience on how to win playoff games. And they did that this past week. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I like your, your reference there to the bears actually for the first time. Um, I think that was a good, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was, was actually going to do a moment of silence at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> no, there's no place for that on this show. Um, we could do hey, a moment we were, of silence. We were for the, bears. We were bears heavy for a couple weeks. There, we, my guy. We could we could do a moment of silence for Johnny Nine's Ravens. Yeah, see, we, you, you, oh, they, uh, did, they did lose Justin Jackson, baby. You're splitting it three ways here, so we won't get into football too yeah, much. Yeah, no, but I, I do like the uh, the reference to John Lester and bringing in somebody, and that's I, a guy that I just touched on in the in the John Jay little segment. There is Manny Machado. I think Manny Machado is more of your John Lester than any of these guys. Uh, you need somebody that's got a big name. And I think that's what this offseason is all going to boil down to. It's what everybody wants to talk about. It's all over your Twitter timeline. Uh, every time you look at that app on your phone, computer, whatever, uh, you see the name Machado, you see the name Harper. I'm going crazy here, guys. I, I thought this would have been sealed and dealed by now. Um, when's he going to sign? I hate to bring it to you, Tony. I think it's uh, I, th- I think it's still a couple of weeks out. I um, was hoping he would sign while we were recording because there's a chance that this fucker signs tomorrow, and by this fucker I mean Machado because it, si- it seems like he's going to sign relatively soon. And there's a chance that he signs and ruins this whole episode by signing tomorrow because we would have to go back and like not re-record the whole episode, but no, maybe we do a new like, episode, another episode. Yeah, so just double down. After recording like two off-season episodes in two months and just do two in two days, so I don't know. I was kind of hoping to get like a fucking little buzz while we were recording, but it's already about eleven o'clock at night, and I don't think that's going to happen today. Yeah, so I hate to burst you guys' bubbles there, but I think it's still going to drag on for another like two weeks for Machado, and could be even longer for Harper. Um, it's just uh, the way my uh, basis on that is just. Um, how the market has moved slowly uh, in the past, and then these are major decisions. Uh, this is probably the biggest free agent class that we've had in a long time. So I think these guys, both the front office from that perspective and then from the agent and player perspective, they're going to be evaluating this thing down to the end, and there's no rush on them to sign. Um, I mean, they, they obviously would like to get a deal locked down before spring training, but you look at a guy like Mike Moustakis, he... He didn't sign until whatever. I mean, I know that's not a huge name, but you'll get just like the timeline that some of these uh, deals can take to uh, JD Martinez didn't sign until like halfway through February last year. Yeah. So I, I'd say, I would say hold your horses. I know it's frustrating. I know it's, uh, it makes you anxious. Um, but it's, I think it's still going to take some time for both of these guys. How fun would that be if the White Sox signed Bryce Harper, but after Sox Fest and they cut like somebody that was at Sox Fest, like, or vice versa with Manny Machado? Because the hope was to be able to ink these guys before Sox Fest, which we'll talk about in a little bit more extensively, but it's 17 days from now. So. That's kind of when the 2019 season really kicks into gear for especially White Sox fans, but just me in general. Like, right when Sox Fest comes around, it's like, oh, shit, pitchers and catchers report in what, two weeks? Oh, shit, after that, spring training starts in two weeks. Oh, shit, a year, or not a year, a month after that, the regular season's right around the corner. So, like, 
It's coming faster than you know it. John's getting a little excited about the uh, <laughs> after I just said coming faster than you know it. Yep. Um, no, I, I agree with you there, John. It, uh, it it's one of those things that I thought that they would have had done well in advance. Um, you never know if there's already been a deal in place uh, that's just waiting to be announced. Not for the White Sox, but it could have been for you know the Yankees or uh, Philly. I hope not. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it. Wouldn't be out of the question for them to be waiting to announce one of the biggest signings in White Sox history uh, for Sox Fest, and I don't think that that would be out of the question. We do know that he was offered an official contract. And I did see that Philly is about to up their offer to him. Uh, that's the last that I've seen um, as far as Manny Machado news. But I uh, haven't seen any of, anything about the Sox making a second offer to him. And we do know that no official offer has been made to Bryce Harper uh, from the White Sox. So um, I think that one's, like you said, Johnny, going to take a lot longer than, than uh, the Machado deal. But uh I think it'd be interesting if it goes into uh, into February for for Bryce Harper, and what does that do for guys like you said, like Mustakas, who uh, we do know that teams are waiting around to see what happens with Machado before uh, they make any moves to make contract offers to some of these second tier guys. You know, should baseball implement a hard deadline on some of these guys to sign to move this stuff along? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I saw a tweet today that said that it was like, don't be surprised if uh, baseball go- or if MLB goes on strike within the next like three years because of just the way that the market is right now and the way that players are just kind of getting fleeced. And I don't know too much like background on that, so I'm not going to like dig myself into a hole by like trying to talk about it extensively, but I do know that when we were at least when i was a kid like most players would sign at the winter meetings or like right after like none of this like people wouldn't even be waiting until really right now like none of the big names at least like i even think by for the, the most week at part, christmas yeah literally like i mean free agency officially opens like right around thanksgiving and nobody really even signs until like halfway through december but nobody should be waiting until fucking January 8th, especially February. Like, last year was kind of a glimpse into this. Um, I, this worries me for guys like Arenado and Chris Sale and other people that are going to be facing over the next couple of years that I want the Sox to target and, like, what the market is going to be for them. So, obviously, we got to worry about what's in front of us, which is Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Um, I do think the Sox have a very good chance on getting Machado based off of what we've been being told. Um, the Bryce Harper campaign, not so much from what I've seen. Uh, I obviously, like you said, they don't have an official offer to Bryce and Bryce already came to Chicago and it seems like the Philadelphia front office is going to Vegas this weekend to go visit Bryce. Where are those reports of Rick Hahn and Jerry Reinsdorf flying to Vegas. Nowhere. So, I don't know. Obviously, two weeks ago when we recorded that one up, or like three weeks ago when we recorded that first off-season episode, um, Bryce was pretty much like basically going to sign with the Sox is how we saw it. And 
pretty much last episode too. We were, I'm pretty sure we were more heavy on Bryce. And as of right now, we're more heavy on Machado. So it's a fucking seesaw. My heart's over it. I just want one of them or both of them to sign with the White Sox and for the season to start because this is getting annoying. But <laughs> honestly, I, I'm not too worried about the Sox chances for Machado. I think that in the long run, the Sox are going to make the better offer and they obviously seem like they're putting more into it by going to get Yonder Alonso and John Jay. So I'm not too worried about that. I am a little worried about their chances to get Harper though. Not even needs to say something. I can tell. I just had I just had one take just because you had said something that um just kind of crossed my mind. I had some thoughts about it, and then John kind of elaborated on it when you asked about does there need to be an implementation of some like rules or something for these signings. I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with. I think John was kind of leaning more towards yes. I'm gonna say absolutely not. Um, John had brought up how it, you know guys would sign early, like we were kids, like when we were kids. Um, those days are long gone. Uh, think about the advancement analytics, all the information that goes into these deals. Front offices and agents also need time to analyze all of this information, take it into account. So um, I say no, make the best decision, business decision you possibly can on both ends of it. And if that means taking up until right before spring training, it sucks for us fans, but uh, we're not the ones that are getting paid the big money. So uh, that's that's where I stand on it. Well, I agree with you. I I agree with both points, but my my take on this is a little bit different. Um, I don't understand how they would be able to penalize a player for not signing by a deadline. Do you have to miss the first you know portion of the year? Do you uh, you know like it, do you have to pay a penalty? Like what what do you do? And and you can't take it away from the team that signs them, right? So if if you're trying to suspend the guy for not signing by a deadline. I mean, that only penalizes the team. Um, they're going to get the money either way. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it really does anything. I don't know if there's any way to um, really do that effectively. Um, and the, the players' union is not going to go for that at all. Um, they would toss that right out. And, and John, you brought it up. Um, this type of thing is going to lead to you know a potential labor strike in Major League Baseball. And we'll have to see what happens there. But um, the one thing that really has me worried is that, you know, I think that's coming in 2024. Uh, that's going to be like the probably prime of this White Sox, you know, competitive window um, if it stays on the right track. And things could get really ugly um, for, you know, that the the battle between the owners and the and the players union. And that's only going to, you know, affect – us as fans um, from not being able to watch a White Sox team that theoretically at this point in time uh, could be one of the better White Sox teams that we get to see in our lifetime. So um, let's hope that that doesn't happen, uh, but the writing is on the wall. Sounds good. Um, In terms of the rundown, we basically – Pretty much just wanted to mainly talk about the uh, new additions to Shy Sox Weekly. You know, obviously the partnership that we're going to be having with Future Sox starting next episode of Shy Sox Weekly. Um, and then the acquisitions in Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Other than that, 
we had talked about it briefly a couple minutes ago, but SaxFest is just a few weeks away. And like you guys had mentioned earlier, it is 108 Day. What do uh, 108 Day and SaxFest have in common, guys? What's going on with SaxFest? So they're after th- party. Yep, they're throwing an after party. And uh, I think we're all going to be there. We sure are. Yep. So. Um, come on out to Buffalo Wings and Rings in Bridgeport. I don't have an address, but the uh, even Clinton's gonna be there. Yeah, even Clinton's gonna be there. Um, come get drunk with the 108 Sox Machine, uh, Shy Sox Weekly, uh, Friday, January 25th at 7 p.m. If you're attending Sox Fest, I'm pretty sure that they have a shuttle bus. All this information is available to you over at the Sox Machine website. Um, if you're not following Josh Nelson, uh, I'm pretty sure he's the one who's organizing it. Um, as far as the, uh, there's an event bright, uh, uh, sign up RSVP that you can go sign up for to get the, uh, 15% off your order of wings that night. Um, it looks like it's going to be a pretty big turnout. Everybody that I've talked to is pretty much going to this thing. Um, it should be a good time. Uh, I know Johnny and I are going to be cracking, uh, Bush lattes and Budweiser's. John might be throwing back some Modelo's. Uh, it should be pretty fun. So, um, I think we've even got, uh, Ron loose from, uh, four feathers is going to be out there too. Uh, it's like I said, it's going to be a big turnout. Um, the shy Sox weekly crew will all be there. Uh, guys, I'm looking forward to a night of drinking with you. I am too. It's been a while boys this off season. Um, I feel like it's been the longest off season of my white Sox life. Aside from the Harper and Machado stuff, I just miss being at the park. And I feel like I was there the most this summer that I have been in, recent memory and i just miss just tailgates fucking hot dogs beers 108 having <laughs> a, having a modello with shy socks janda yeah so i'm excited to kind of start 2019 off the right way and look forward to the season with you guys this is gonna be our first uh full season of uh, shy socks weekly with the three of us and with the new team so i'm excited to see what the uh, future has in store for us are you bringing big zims down there I am. So, well, he said he might struggle with getting work off. So, we'll see. But um, what about Kinsler? Is Kinsler, is Kinsler going to be there, Johnny? Kinsler, unfortunately, will be uh, down in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, still at school. So, I will be there. Um, I'll probably be riding up with you, Tone. Um, and uh, last year, I went to the after party. It was at Baderbrow, RIP in peace now. But um, it was a lot of fun then, and it's going to be even bigger and better this year from uh, all the details that I've read online. So looking forward to it, um, both beer and wings, because I love myself some chicken wings. So <laughs> if, it, if it goes anything like the last time Nani and I had a night out, it's going to be a pretty long night. Um, should be a good night, though. Uh, there might be a little bit of pre-gaming going on at Casa de Marchese. Um, we'll see what happens, Johnny. I'll give you the details on that. But, uh, uh, guys, that's pretty much what we have here for Shy Sox Weekly. Um, anything else that you guys wanted to close it out with? No, that was pretty much it. Um, hopefully the next time we bring you guys an episode, either Bryce Harper or Manny Machado will have signed. But until then, let's hope that the Sox keep, uh, piecing everything together. Uh, I like the acquisitions of Calvin Herrera and John Jay. 
Um, I saw a projection of the 2019 lineup. Uh, I obviously saw Kinsler's projection, but I saw another projection that looked pretty good. Um, if you were to just throw AJ Pollock in and Manny Machado right now, it's a pretty set lineup. So look out for the Sox chances to maybe go after AJ Pollock. That's another guy that's probably waiting on Bryce Harper to sign. Um, Mike Moustakis would be another nice acquisition that I know Johnny had said a little bit earlier. Um, I'm pretty high on the Moustakis wagon. So people blog a from uh, people blog from Sox John to comment about Mike Moustakis in the very <laughs> yeah, near yeah, future. That, that definitely has potential. So um, yeah, other than that. Um, we have a couple guests that we have in mind. We're not going to name drop or anything, but we are going to try and start uh, bringing you guys some more guests here pretty soon. I know that we've done a lot of solo episodes recently, so obviously we'll have the minor stuff with Clinton, but other than that, we're going to try and uh, get some guests for you guys, maybe get some stories and shit. Johnny, got anything? Uh, nope, that's all I got. Come out to the uh, uh, Section 108 Sox Machine Sox Fest after party Friday, January 25th, 7 p.m. We will be there. You should be there. Um, it'll be a great time. That's all I got. Perfect. Uh, I don't really have much else to say other than uh, I'm looking forward to getting absolutely hammered with the both of you. Um, hopefully you guys will enjoy a Budweiser with me. I know John probably won't. Um but, uh, yeah, should be a good time, like Johnny said. Uh, other than that, I'm really looking forward to uh, to reading a blog from uh, Shy Sox John in the near future about why he loves Mike Moustakis, um, kind of continuing down his Michael Brantley theme. Um, he just hops from one to the next. Uh, but uh, that's all I've got, guys. Let's go White Sox. Yeah, go Sox. Go White Sox. <laughs>